You're listening to The Better Man Podcast, becoming life-giving men together. Hey there, everybody. Welcome to The Better Man Podcast. Adam Tarno here. Got a new guest, first-time guest on the podcast. You're going to be a regular, but David Chase is here. He's on staff with Better Man. What's your title? That's a great question. It has something to do with marketing and, and uh, yeah, somewhere in there, but... But I think end of the day, it really becomes down to a utility player. Utility right? player, yeah. I yeah, like that's that. That's kind of where it is. As a baseball guy, that makes yes. sense to me. Just all, a jack of all trades, playing all positions. It's funny. I had I had a situation like that a couple of years ago when I was on staff at a church, and we we just I I could not get a title, and we just everyone we tried, people would laugh at it, or it never made any sense, and I just gave up, and I just purposely put on the website, it just said director. It was just that it was just director. It It was the most generic, (laughs) meaningless (laughs) title. Uh, But when you do a lot of different things, sometimes it's hard to put a title on it. So uh, that's just the way it is. So today we're going to talk about work and how we can make work better. And you and I, before we hit record on this one, a couple years ago, I think it was 2019, the Gallup organization published a book called It's the Manager, one Mm. of the first books I've ever seen that did something like this. If you go to your local bookstore now and find it just flip it over to the back cover take out your phone shoot a picture that's basically the crux of the message is is right there on the back cover it's a nice little table it was their longest study on the future of work and it really the the conclusion was and nobody listening to this here and post pandemic is going to be surprised by this but work is changing uh, people's relationship with work is changing. And so they had a nice little table over on the left-hand side. It said the old demands of work. And on the right-hand side, it said the new demands of work. And this wasn't just their observations that they had, or uh, this was their the results of their research of just saying that people want meaning now. They won't, don't just want a paycheck. They don't want to just have a good boss. They want to have a good coach. Mm-hmm. They don't want annual reviews. They want ongoing conversations all kinds of things like that. Very, very interesting. And um, But yeah, it was basically the, the title of the book, Hey Managers, You Can Do Better. Uh, work is changing. People's relationship with work is changing. And it's one of the things that I see in my professional life right now. I mean, I feel like I'm having conversations every day on how do we keep up with these changing demands of work and and what people want. So uh, what are you seeing out there and, and uh, what are we going to talk about today? Yeah, well, that's that's a great intro to all this, um, and and I think that you know Gallup has made a a fortune, a whole a whole industry out of these these amazing and wonderful surveys and data and uh, pulling that those points together. But one of the other pieces they had either it was that part part of that survey or another, but it's a ongoing survey they've done for years, for decades, and it's a worldwide study, and they're they're one piece of data that's kind of the big talking point is what the world wants is a good job. Yes. That's what... That's the whole introduction of that book, yeah. which very much fits with our biblical worldview in some ways of just doing meaningful work, being uh, being resourceful, just knowing we're adding value. Yeah. Uh, but I yeah. thought that was really interesting. That's what that's the number one desire yeah. globally yeah. is a good job. Yeah. It, it, and there's so much behind that. It's this layered onion, right? Yeah. It's the... It's the security of the family, right? The $75,000 threshold, right? Yeah. Beyond that point, there's no additional happiness or satisfaction. Uh, that came out of that study. Uh, it talks about the protection of the home. It's just all these different pieces, these onion, these onion layers are, are all wrapped up into that study. But um, what's interesting is, is where we get to the definition of good, right? 
because there's two competing, there's two tension approaches to this. One is what Scripture says is good, and then what does the culture say is good. And that's where these two things clash in a magnificent way. And I think what, we, what we've seen is, is, is this one voice has been louder than the other as it comes to work. And that, unfortunately, has been culture in the marketplace. Because historically, the church, in the church, and I, I've, I've been on staff at a church, am on staff at a church, and I love the church, but we've been deficient in some ways because we've talked about how to be saved, we've talked about how to serve and how to give, but we haven't applied that well. I mean, there are some pockets that, that do this really well, but by and large, we haven't done this really well across the board. And so... So you have uh, this, this impoverished theology of work that's been talked about historically, and culture's been the louder voice. They've talked about what work is, but it's inconsistent, it's incongruent with what Scripture offers. And it's this blueprint, and that's the beauty of the Bible is so simple. That's what, right, simplicity isn't simple, but this is, right? Scripture makes it so easy. We have this blueprint of what work is to be, and, and of course that garden picture of, of work six days you rest one, right? This Sabbath. This is not a complicated approach. Now, again, we, we can get into the definition of what work is. It's, it's paid. It's unpaid. So, um, you know, and that's that sixth day or that seventh day of, of sit back and look at how good it is and, and how it contributes to all things. But you have culture's view of work. It doesn't go to the six and one. It goes to a 40 plus, yeah. right? So what does work look like any given week? But I think one of the the biggest challenges is, though, we've let culture give the definition of work. So they've hijacked the definition of work, and the church has adopted that definition. Yeah. And so what would be a basic way to define, like, what what has the culture been saying about work? So you mentioned 40 hours plus. What else are they saying? Yeah. Well, it's your identity. I mean that's the that's the biggest piece, and that's Satan's. That's always Satan's biggest tool, right? Is you get your identity wrapped up in something other than being a child of God. You have this approach of let's put all of our effort into work. Let's put all of our our time and energy into work. It's where you feel success. And again, it's all a tool. Uh, just to get really Genesis one on us here, it's all a tool to get us away from what is the the idea of our family and what our roles are, and what we're supposed to be. Because as, as soon as you get the father absent of the home, right, and that is a major factor. It doesn't just mean, you know, absent father isn't just there wasn't a father in the home. Absent father can also be you were at work all the time, yeah. and yeah, you're married and you're still the you know you're still the dad, all that, but but you're just not in the home. Yeah. And so, so part of Satan's I think strategy and and where we tend to tend to go as guys is simply that we begin to focus on man, where do I find success? Right, And if I don't know how to love my wife well, I don't know how to communicate with my wife, if I don't know how to raise my kids, if I, if I don't feel like I know what I'm doing and you know, I don't feel success in that, if I jump in to try to change a diaper or instruct my child but I'm told it's wrong, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, eventually I'm going to give up on that yeah. and I'm going to go back to the place I find success and yep. that's work. So yep. identity is another. It's a huge piece. Yeah, I like that. I think you're, you're right on there. So it's, it's identity and you know, it, it's been said so many times, but let's say it here. When you meet somebody new, you, you often ask, so what's your name? Where do you live? What do you do? And we talk about our job, and that that is a very, very common piece. I don't think it's done with malintent, but but there is a part of that where we do start to carry around what we do as a source of identity. And then it can, and this is probably where it 
it really impacts men is the feeling of success where we feel like we win. Most often, it's easy to feel like we win at work because you can look at measurable things and you get immediate rewards for those or, or, or um, near-term rewards for those financially. So those two things together, if, if the culture's defining that, it's who you are and this is the way you feel good about yourself no, you know, it's no doubt that we have adopted that as followers of Jesus to go, yeah, that's that's what work is. So does Scripture offer something different there, or, or how would you say Scripture defines what work is, is supposed to be? Man, as I look at that, and, and so many others have said it even much more eloquently than I, but again, you look at Genesis, you have this blueprint, right? That's, you know, that's where it starts. You look at what work is supposed to be. It's supposed to be in community. You see that as the... Uh, the Trinity, you know, Father, Son, Holy Spirit, let's let us make man our image. So it's supposed to be done in relationship. And that's where everything comes back to. Everything comes back to relationship all the time. And so, uh, so scripture tells us how it's to be done. Uh, we see that. And then we also see that uh, in the cultural mandate of things, uh, right there in Genesis, early Genesis 1 and 2, uh, it's, to, it's to build, it's to cultivate. And, and again, that's been said many times before, but but I think we lose sight of that, and we lose sight of the fact that that as we build and cultivate, we each bring something to the party, right? There's a there's a book I started recently um, called Biblical Spirituality, and there's the last section of that, the last chapter is about work, and I love the the imagery of this. It's this idea of of Christmas morning, right? And so you have certain God given talents. I have certain God-given talents. Every listener has certain God-given talents. And every day we wake up, we get to come to work, right? We get to do our work, and it's a gift exchange. I'm going to give you my gifts. You get to unwrap them. I get to unwrap your gifts. And it's this every day we wake up as believers in the workforce. Um, and when I say workforce, it's just work, right? Maybe it's just having a conversation with a neighbor, yeah. right? Maybe it's it's being a listening ear. Maybe it's doing a kind deed, right? But but for sure the paid work, um, as well as the unpaid work, but it's every day is a day we give gifts. And uh, Brian Ficker at the Chalmers Center uh, in practicing the King's Economy referenced that as, as a potluck, yeah, right? Not going to the soup kitchen, but going to the potluck where, you know, everybody comes in and, and, and eats and is, and is full. Everyone's flourishing, using their gifts, bringing their best things to the table. I like that. I like that. So that's really good. So community, build and cultivate this gift exchange. So a little bit different or a lot different than identity and success. Uh, maybe maybe a little bit more of the intrinsic success that you feel from knowing that you're stewarding your gifts or knowing that you help somebody. Um, but, I mean, is this idea of, of it being an identity Probably not. We, we can't find that in Scripture, right? Yeah, it's never going to say it's in work. Yeah, it, it's not. Uh, that's definitely not part of it, but it is in Christ, and that's that's explicitly stated for us numerous times. Um, but yeah, so easily, though, we get we get our focus on, on these other pieces, yeah. and uh, that's where we begin to find success. And again, that's Christ speaks directly to that, about where we should find our, our value and our worth and, and what our time is. Uh, should look like and what our time should be and where we need to invest. And so, I mean, it's it's always going to be hard. So even if we had the biblical view of, of work and we have the right view of it being in community building, cultivating, gift exchange, that doesn't mean it's easy. And so work is hard, and there are certain things systematically that make it hard, certain things about our current economy that make it hard, but it, really it's we're living on this side of heaven, so it's always going to be 
difficult. But that doesn't mean that we just sit here and just wait until we die and don't ever try to improve it. And that's where I think the church and culture are seeing things similarly. We may have different possible solutions, but we both agree something can improve here. And that's one thing as part of the the national conversation, especially after the pandemic, maybe the great reset is what this will all be called when it's all said and done. It's just we're, we're, we're taking advantage of this opportunity to view work differently. How, how, what are some ways in, in your mind that we can, we can try to make this better? Well, one, you know, right. So the, I guess the big, um, the big topic is I would work life balance and, and I would, I would almost, I won't argue with anyone about it, but I would, I would emphasize that the balance is, is not ever going to be found, yeah. right? We're not going to find the balance. You can't put enough weights on the scale, uh, for children, for, for home, for environment, uh, compared to work. And it's just, that's just not going to be, but it's this idea of, and this is where both parties have to shift, right? This is where the, the workers and, uh, the employers have to make, begin to make a shift of some kind and that, you know, this integration, right? Not work-life balance, work-life integration, where the workers, where we begin to say, Hey, you know what? Sometimes my best ideas are, or when I'm cooking, at the stovetop, right? Or maybe I'm in the shower. And and the workplace also has to understand, hey, my, you know, this person's child has an appointment at, at three o'clock. They need to, you know, they need to leave the office and go do that. And so so it's this it's this give and give a little bit, it's a little bit of uh, a push and pull. But uh, but for sure there is a uh, um, a desire by both for better. Right. And you mentioned the the pandemic, you mentioned that uh uh, you know, we want more out of things. And right now we're seeing this return to office conversation. Right before it was everybody go home. You don't have a choice, frankly, I mean, for, for a certain subset of workers. And and now the economy's not as good. Jobs aren't as, as prevalent. And so now it's a you have to return to the office two days a week, three days a week. You know, Microsoft said it's unlimited vacation, but you need to be in the office 51% of the time. Um, so there's there's a number of different ways now this tension is there but the workers are saying hey i've really gotten used to working at home right again that's not true of everybody not everyone could do that but but so it's this uh okay if you want to return to the office like i don't know the culture was all that great and but they're that's what the companies are saying we want you to come back for culture and creativity and and the camaraderie and it's like that wasn't that appealing before so i'm able to do (laughs) life pretty well now so were you at the last christmas party exactly yeah (laughs) yeah the office isn't that great all the time and so so companies i think have to do a better job of 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 creating an environment that allows for integration um and employees have to give a little bit too to say you know what there is some value in sitting around a table together and zoom just never do it uh there's some value in that but it's a you know, in so many ways, um, it, and a tragic story about Tony Shea of, of Zappos after he uh, passed away. But um, but what he saw was kind of visionary in that he tried to create a third place, right? We all want this third place, right? It's not home. It's not work. It's something else. Uh, maybe it's not Cheers. Yeah, but or it's, Starbucks. Uh, or Starbucks, yeah. right? But but what he was trying to do at Zappos was trying to create an environment where employees would want their families to hang out. And, um, and so of course he knew wisely that if you have your people there, more, more work gets done, right? There's more, more contents created, more thoughts are given, but, but it was definitely an idea of let's create an environment that's conducive to and congruent with the family, 
And um, so I think there's going to be a, there's, I think we're going to see a future shift because there's definitely a national conversation around we all want better. It's just what is that? Yeah. How do we get to this point? Yeah. So, so let's talk to the, uh, the follower of Jesus, right? The, the man who's listening right now follows Jesus. Uh, what, what would be some encouragement that we have for that man right now in the midst of this national conversation of ways that you can start to lead and maybe take some of the wisdom that is found, obviously, in, in the Lord's view of work and start to bring that into the marketplace uh, right now. What, 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 are, what would you say to that guy? Because it sounds like this is a great opportunity while everybody's trying to reset right now. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. I think, one, uh, as believers, my goodness, the way we go into our work every day, we should recognize it as it's a gift from God, right? I mean, the very breath in our lungs is a gift, right? And, and you know, we've, we've heard before, you know, we need to have a, a stewardship mentality, not an owner mentality of things. And um, so nothing is ours, right? Even the breath we have or the, the, the work that we're able to do. But yeah, I think as, as we go into work each day, um, one, it's it's not that we're necessarily changing the work, but we need to change where some of the boundary definitions are, um, or the definitions boundaries are. Work is is probably more um, it's more spiritual than we've practiced in the past. It is uh, God cares more about our work than we've given it thought to in the past as well. And so, so one for the believer, recognize that our work is a gift to others, and it's to be done with excellence. That's right. As we go into the marketplace each day, we recognize that we're not in this space on our own. Someone else is depending on our work. Someone else is depending on what we do. How can we set others up for success? But I tell you, one of my, one of my favorite verses um, is First Peter 4, 8 through 10. And, and as I apply that to the workplace, as I think about, okay, how can I walk into the workplace each day um, and, and, and apply this. And it, and it reads, above all, keep loving one another earnestly, since love covers a multitude of sins. Show hospitality to one another without grumbling. As each has received a gift, use it to serve one another as good stewards of God's very grace. And so, one, just having a mentality of, um, I'm all about service, it's all about relationship, going in each day. But, uh, but recognizing while we're not going to receive balance and we're going to create havoc in our lives, chaos in our lives, we try to reach that. But look for the integration of things, right? And it all starts with communication. Yeah. Communication is every organization's primary problem. And so have that conversation with your boss. If you want to try to spend more time with your family, if you want to be able to get away and go to an appointment, whatever it may be, just have the conversation, right? We don't know until we ask. And so to lay out the case, explain how, you know, this work's going to get done, um, not in a balanced perspective, but just an integrated perspective. Um, have the conversation with your peers, your coworkers, your boss, you know, all those at the table. Say, hey, how can we, how can we do better at this? What are, the, what are the opportunities for a little bit of variety here? And um, if we're going back to work, we got to talk about it. Yeah. And, and maybe to the person who's listening that doesn't have, they don't feel like they've got a title or authority. But they do have a perspective, and their perspective matters. They may be a little bit closer to the, you know, the proverbial front lines, and so they can see some things where, hey, a few a few tweaks on the dial, and this thing gets a lot yeah. better. And so, uh, recognizing you have a voice and a perspective that matters too, and finding those winsome ways to engage in those conversations, yeah. and yeah. Uh, just because you don't have the authority doesn't mean you can't lead. It doesn't mean you can't take initiative. 
Uh, you can initiate conversations. You can share observations. I mean, candidly, uh, just rejecting the incessant complaining and negativity and trying to talk about the opportunity and doing things with, with a little bit of optimism in your voice can go a long way, especially when you lack authority to become a person of influence around, around the office. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. That, uh, I spent several years as a school teacher and, uh, there was a book I read early on said, don't eat lunch in the teacher's lounge. Right. And it's that idea of you want to keep an optimistic perspective on things, right? Don't get, don't get in the the grumbling and complaining. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Don't get in that space. Yeah. Um, but no, to your point though, I think the, um, as we go into work each day, um, you know, where can we advance that conversation a little bit? Um, uh, even, even in the, in a, in a, yes, in a, in a public dialogue, but also even as we just think about it, right. There's for anyone that has this desire of always, uh, there's always more to do. I've always got to be better. Um, great. Love that. Let's always improve. But the question is, can it wait, right? Can whatever that thing is that is keeping you from getting home for dinner, can it wait till tomorrow? And, and so some of this work-life balance, work-life integration conversation is really, it starts in our own heads about, um, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to prioritize my family. I'm going to leave the office at a certain time. What I'm doing right now, it's not critical. It doesn't have to be done by 8 a.m. in the morning and then leave it until then. Um, but part of that communication piece is knowing deadlines too, right? So it just, everything comes back to that conversation, the communication, but but yeah, what are we going to prioritize? Where do we find our identity? And, and ultimately, it's getting back to Scripture. I like that. Uh, David, great stuff. Thanks for being on the Better Man Podcast today. Thank you. Enjoyed it. Every week here on the Better Man Podcast, our aim is to give you real tips on how you can be the better man that God has made you to be. And we do this because we meet guys all the time who want to be a better man, but they don't know how to do it. Most men get their cues on what it means to be a man from the culture, and although there are some great examples out there, we believe the most common cultural examples of masculinity fall short of what God wants from us. Well, today, in addition to this podcast, we want to let you know about a bonus resource. It's called Five Ways to Be a Better Man. It's a free e-publication written to simplify and encourage your pursuit of biblical masculinity. It's actionable, it's quick to read, and it's free. All you have to do is go to betterman.com, put in your email address, and you will be able to download this publication called Five Ways to Be a Better Man. So go on out there right now, betterman.com. Once again, that's betterman.com.